Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The baseball game is over. It's time for the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show with Tim Allen on the fan. It is a final times two and the results are good and bad. Welcome everybody. Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Tim Allen, uh, Austin, Texas producing the show tonight and a uh, victory as well as a defeat here in the doubleheader against the Cardinals. Two more games in the books, and you're right back where you started. Two games back of a playoff spot in the Central. Two games back of second place in the Central. You had a shot here in this second game. And I'll say that um, you know, out of all these games uh, that have that have been in the books here thus far this year, I will say that uh, I'm starting to not get used to the extra innings rules. I sort of think it's a funky year, so yeah, throw it out there. Let's give it a try. Not really digging it anymore. Now that we're seeing it in motion more and more and more, we're a little more experienced with it. Not really digging the uh, DH. Not not liking that at all. <laughs> I'm just, uh, we, we need to get into the playoffs and, and get going here. That's, that's what needs to happen here. And then, you know, just uh, after all the, uh, moving parts here in 2020. We we can always uh, use the offseason to break all that down into the next season or normal, regular season, um, and then we'll go from there. But the Brewers here, not such a horrible day. They've recovered just a little bit from the debacle over the weekend. And uh, we haven't, it's, it, it seems like I haven't talked to you Brewers fans in, in a week. It's only been just a few days. It it um it does seem like a long time, guys. It it does, and I'm I will say this. Admittedly, with uh, whatever happened at Miller Park yesterday, I really wasn't that aware of it. I didn't uh, I didn't follow the game too much after it was uh, five to nothing, and I'll tell you why I didn't yesterday. Uh, just just to kind of do a little inventory here, I, I was still upset over Saturday night's loss. But when you look at what happened yesterday at Miller Park, I, I just shut it off after five innings. Here's why. They looked horrible. It wasn't just the uh, Alec Mills thing that he threw. I don't even want to say it. Uh, they looked horrible defensively. They, they looked awful. I mean, they just did. I, I couldn't handle it. So I didn't, I didn't follow the second half of that game. I didn't read about it. Anytime the uh, conversation came up on some of the highlight shows and things, ML Network, it was like, no, that's okay, I'll pass. Hit hit the up button <laughs> on the TV. Uh, get into some uh, football action. It was nice to have football for a distraction for a few hours. And uh, I, I just want to let you know that I, I removed myself, and I think a lot of Brewers fans did. They just gave it a break until today. Then you start retaking your inventory into account here. Where are the Brewers? Well, there were two games back of second place heading into this doubleheader today. And uh, that's right where they are after these two games and a long afternoon, evening, and night of baseball. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it It was a long time. But they could have and maybe should have swept this uh, doubleheader today. Uh, by the way, we'll start with some roster situations. The Brewers did pick up outfielder Billy McKinney 
uh, off waivers by the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Justin Topa had been recalled. Well, he's going to play a part in game two. We'll get to that. Ray Black reinstated from the IL. They optioned Fire Eisen back to Appleton. Ronnie Rodriguez and Trey Supak have been DFA'd. So all those uh, things occurred in the last 24 hours as well. Well, let's go back to uh, game one. Lindblom against Kim. For, through the first three, no score. Yelich did have a double. That's significant here because that's like the only thing he's done in a while. Uh, through the first three innings, no score. Cards with three hits through that three first three innings. Both teams were scoreless in the fourth and the fifth in game one. A couple of two-outs, uh, two-out walks for the Brewers uh, through five, scoreless. How about Josh Lindblom? So Josh Lindblom starts game one today. And Austin, if I could have you get that, uh, that piece of audio from Craig Council ready. Uh, Lindblom started game one. I'm not sure I agreed with that. Um, I, w- I would say that, uh, you know, you needed a game one victory to give yourself a chance, get some uh, momentum going, and whatever happened in game two was going to happen. But you really backs against the wall a little bit in game one. Went ahead and, and started Josh Lindblom. And that's why Craig Council is paid a lot more money than I am to make those decisions because it worked out. Josh Lindblom, five scoreless innings in that uh, first game. That was a great move, but here's what Counts had to say about the decision, Lindblom in game one or Burns. There was no strategic sense of, who. no, I don't think the time mattered. I, don't, I, don't, I just didn't think it, you know, we talked about it a little bit and tried to find a reason to pitch games one or two. There, there was no reason to pitch game one or two, so we just settled on Corbin in game two and Josh in one. Um, you know, I, I think that's one of those things you're trying to create something that's not really there. It's, it's going to look good if we win, and you're going to question it if we lose. <laughs> and, and it looked good because they won game one on the arm of Josh Lindblom. Remember, these, these uh, doubleheaders are seven innings. Uh, Devin Williams into and out of some trouble in the sixth inning, picking it up from Lindblom. Uh, One-out base hit and a walk. Goldschmidt into a fielder's choice. A wild pitch moves the runners to second and third. And a huge strikeout to end that inning. Uh, to Brad Miller, the former Brewer. Bottom of the sixth uh, inning, the Brewers, uh, well, from the Cardinals' perspective, into and out of trouble as well. Two-out double by Jed Jerko. Keston then a walk, and they make a great play on Arcia, robbing him of a base hit and, and a potential RBI there in the sixth. It was scoreless into the seventh inning. Josh Hader in, and what did you think when he hit the first batter he sees? Uh-oh. Hader then comes back, strikeout, strikeout, ground out. Bottom seventh inning, no score. Brewers in order in the bottom of the seventh inning, unlike four pitches. Had some hard contact in that inning. Peralta in for the eighth. Bun attempt pop-up for the first out. Here's the, here's the uh, extra frame rule, automatic runner at second base. And he gets a strikeout for the second out. Base hit, scores the run right there. Two strike, two out, base hit. Brewers uh, are trailing. Brewers come through in their half of the eighth inning. Taylor, the auto runner at second base. Garcia works a leadoff walk. Yelich then strikes out for the first out. Yelich is really struggling. Wow. Set the table for Ryan Braun. Check it out. And there's a shot in the center field. Bader going back. And that is off the wall. Here comes Tyrone Taylor around third to tie. Stop sign is up for Garcia. Braun ties the game. Runners at second and third with one out. Yeah, how about Ryan Braun? You, you set it up beautifully, partner, and he is the guy. All right, Ed Cedar does not send Garcia on that double by Braun. Braun's, uh, I don't know if he's unhappy with the situation or unhappy with Cedar for not sending him. Your offense is so bad these days. Ed Cedar needs to uh, take a few more chances, in my estimation. Don't you think? Holds Garcia at third base. I don't know. Make him make a play. I I don't know. Second and third. But game tied. Jace Peterson at the plate. Peterson then works a walk to load the bases. And here was the game winner in game one by Keston Hira. Gomber with the 2-2, and there's a shot into left field, and that's caught by O'Neal, tagging is Garcia.
Garcia, and the Bruins walk off game one. They give up one in the top of the eighth. They score two in the bottom as the Brewers take the opener of this critical series against the Cardinals. Uh, what a yeah, that was huge. That put their mark at 21-24 and and just one game behind the St. Louis Cardinals heading into Game 2. And again, decision to go with Josh Lindblom, decision to go with Devin Williams and Josh Hader uh, to lock that late-inning uh, surge down a little bit for the Cardinals. Man, the Cardinals are tough late in games. They are. They're tough at-bats. A uh, little random disconnected observation here on, on a couple of things. Have you noticed something? Have you noticed something about other teams versus your Brewers? Have you noticed that there's a lot of like eight, nine pitch at bats and they fight you and they fight you and they foul you off and they fight you. And then there's none of that on, on our side of things. It's just like, yeah, one, two, three on six pitches. <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing, uh, random disconnected observation. Uh, I think I made mention of this uh, within a week ago or so. It's, it's all a blur, but Take a look at ground outs on the infield. Take a look at, at, at where the runners are when they are thrown out at first base. Take a look at where the runners are uh, for the opposition. It's always like a close play, isn't it? It's always, oh, hey, and he ground ball to RC and he just gets him at first base. Nice play by Lando. And then on the other side, it's Keston here with the ground. He's thrown out, he's thrown out by like six, eight feet. Oh, always. I don't know. It just seems like a trend I've noticed. Random, disconnected observation here. By the way, if you want to comment on the Brewers, they're hanging in there. I will say this. This is not a horrible thing, splitting this doubleheader. You're you're giving yourself a chance with the final 14 games remaining. That's what you're doing. That's all you can ask for. With an offense that does this on a regular basis, night in, night out, on a regular basis, just struggling their asses off to get runs on the board, and you're still in this thing. That's like a Christmas present in September. It really is. All right, we'll get to the uh, numbers in in game one in just a little bit, but Josh Lindblom, a a nice performance and a nice walk-off victory for the Brewers. Two to one, that went to extras. Now we get to game two. Corbin Burns on the hill, allows a hit to Goldschmidt and a walk to Brad Miller in the first, but nothing. No runs there. Get used to that for Burns. Brewers strike out in order in the bottom half. It's Garcia, Hira, Yelich. Yelich, at that point, had struck out four consecutive plate appearances and looking lost. Burns strikes out the side, wrapped around a base hit in that second inning. Four strikeouts through the two innings for Corbin. Uh, Brewers, nothing in the bottom of the second. Corbin into some trouble in the third inning. Lead off base hit by Wong. Then get totally squeezed. By the way, the umpire in game two, umpiring in game two, was deplorable. Manny Gonzalez needs an eye test. Seriously. I don't know if you guys watch the game. I don't know if you watch the game or not. But it was awful. It, that, that extended the innings for Corbin Burns, the pitches for sure. Two on, nobody out in that top of the third inning against Burns. Strikes out the next two batters on the second strikeout. Runners move over. Pop-up gets him out of that inning. And again, more traffic for the St. Louis Cardinals. Bottom of the third. Brewers, a couple of base runners in that bottom of the third inning. Uh, two out walk to Nottingham infield single to break up. Well, then what I thought could have been a no hitter. Avisail Garcia with a base hit. Keston strikes out on three pitches. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, no score to the fourth inning. Burns in trouble again in the fourth inning. One out. Man reaches on error by Urias. Then a base hit to first and third. Um, then a duffer in front of the plate. Nottingham, nice play. Throws the first for the second out. Colton Wong comes up, second and third, two outs, gets him 0-1, 1-1, 1-2, and then a strikeout on a breaking ball. Huge strikeout right there. Burns is fired up, bottom of the fourth, no score. Brewers break through in the bottom of the fourth inning after two outs. That included a Yelich strikeout. And now five straight plate appearances and five strikeouts 
That's crazy lost for Christian Yelich. Bloop base hit by Vogelbach with two outs. And how about this? The bloop and now the blast. And there's a drive. Hit back into left field. He hit it well. It is gone. Two-run shot, Jed Jerko. As the Brewers grab a 2-0 lead in the fourth. Uh, he just dropped ahead of the bat on that, didn't he? And Vogelbach with a little jam shot in the left. Giving Jerko a shot. Brewers on the board, 2 to nothing. A bullet at the ballpark, the left center. Jed Jerko continues to impress with the power. As a fastball, he got it down and in. Jed Jerko, number eight on the season, giving the Brewers a 2 to nothing lead. Yeah, the highlights on Fox Sports Wisconsin. Two-run shot, two-zip into the fifth inning. Now you're thinking, hey, you know what you're thinking. You're thinking bust out the brooms in the DH today, right? Doubleheader, you could sweep this thing. Burns into trouble and out of the game in the fifth inning. Lead-off walk, they'll get you. Comes back with a couple of strikeouts, however. Then a two-out base hit. First and second, he exits for Alex Claudio. Claudio walks the first man he faces. And then an infield single for an RBI, making it 2-1. to one. He gets a fly ball to get out of that thing. 2-1 to one into the bottom of that fifth inning. And Burns, uh, four and two-thirds, deserved a better fate. He really did. Uh, Manny Gonzalez, the home plate umpire, had an awful night in game two. Just awful. Awful, horrible, awful. Video is sent to the commissioner's office on this one tonight. Just horrible. Horrible. Uh, four and two-thirds, the one earned run given up by Corbin Burns. One, two, three in the fifth for the crew. See, uh, see how that is, the random disconnected observation? See how quickly the Brewers go down? I mean, it's not like, not like they work up pitch counts or anything. And here's Ponce de Leon just doing his thing. Claudio uh, gets the first two outs in the sixth inning. Counts goes to the pen to get Yardley. Strikes out Edmund to preserve that two-to-one lead into the bottom of the six. Now you know what you're thinking, Brewers fans. You're thinking there's going to be a Brewers double header sweep. You only need three outs. You can get some insurance. I didn't feel necessarily that great about it. I know St. Louis is the second half of the game team. One, two, three for the crew. Bottom of the sixth inning. Good news. Yelly didn't strike out in that sixth inning. It was a line out to deep left. And um, to the seventh. Two to one. Yardley. All sorts of trouble in the seventh inning. Lead-off double by Goldschmidt. RBI base hit to tie the game for Miller. He moves over to second uh, on the throw home. Then a base hit to first and third. Him. Nobody out. One in. Oh, boy. Yardley exits. Rasmussen in. Ground ball to short. Fielder's choice. Gets the runner at the plate. Second and third. One out. One in. Tie ball game at this point. No intentional walk there. But a big strikeout to to Tyler O'Neill for the second out. Then he gets a ground ball to get out of it, preserving now a tie. Again, they go extras in a doubleheader. Is there enough pitching? Vogelbach leads off the seventh with a base hit. After a Jerko strikeout, Sogard moves up to second on a wild pitch. He was in pinch running. First and second one out after a walk to Urias. Peterson strikes out. Gamble to pinch hit. Two outs, two on, tie ball game. You're going to walk it off again? Runners move over on a wild pitch. Anything at all, just get them home, boys. Gamble strikes out. Go to extras again. Rasmussen back out there, top of the eighth inning, 2-2 game. Auto runner at second base, strikeout, ground out. Runner moves over and strikeout. Rasmussen, (laughs) nice. Bottom of the eighth inning. Brewers load the bases in the bottom half couple of walks, and Christian Yelich had an opportunity first and second with one out. He struck out again. Sogard strikes out to end the frame as they go into the ninth inning. Justin Topa in the ball game. Did you hear that? Justin Topa is in the ball game with the Brewers doubleheader sweep on the line here. Tie ball game. A two-out go-ahead base hit by Paul DeYoung. 3-2 into the bottom of the ninth inning. 
Uh, Brewers do have a walk to Jericho first and second to bring up Urias. Nobody out. Now, would you bun- Would you have bunted there? Moving the, the winning runs into scoring position. Now, Jace Peterson was up. is against former Brewer Tyler Webb. Lefty-lefty there. I would have. And Urias hits into a double play. That doesn't uh that doesn't that doesn't work. Maybe the bunt, I don't know. And Jace Peterson strikes out to end that ball game, and the Brewers fall three two in nine. They win two one in eight. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Have you recovered from what happened over the weekend, number one? But number two, do you still believe they're still in it? I do. Let's see, what's their mark now? Twenty one and twenty five. 46 games in the books, 14 games remaining, eight of those 14 against the St. Louis Cardinals. At some point, you're going to have to start making ground on the Cardinals. So you've got a game tomorrow night and a doubleheader on Wednesday. Got to take two out of three, make it a one-game gap. Minimum two out of three. Come on now, let's go. Uh, Let's see, turning point in this one is... uh, I'm going to I'm going to say it's it's a lack of pitching late in the game for the Brewers. Uh, they just they tried to piecemeal this thing together. These double headers are really taking a bite out of them. Uh turning point brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Track rental and event information at greatlakesdragway.com. You want to go to Mike here before the break. Mike, you're on the fan. Hey Tim, I wrote this down Sunday. I've been waiting to get you on there. Shoot. Uh, you ready? Yes. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. They do. You know what movie that's from, Godfather 3? Uh, anyway. uh, yes. yes. Now, you said Saturday after the debacle you would not do the show Sunday. I didn't. And, you know, I said, self, if they throw a no-hitter, the Brewers, Tim will be running for the mic. But... <laughs> I didn't know the other team was going to throw a no-hitter. When I heard that they threw a no-hitter because I was watching the Packer game, I got like a chill down my spine. But I want to get to this. Stranded base runners. I think, okay, extra innings, they started a base runner on second, right, for the Brewers. Yeah. They could have loaded the bases with runners. Where is Yelich? Where is Braun? Two M- well, I, I give y'all two MVPs. Didn't Braun win one? Yes, he did. Where, what? What is going on? He, they- he, because they remove they. First of all, they remove Braun for defensive purposes. Oh, that's, God. that's I, I know. He I know. Catch. Well, Yelich, I I think Gary said he thinks uh, Yelich is gun shy because of the injury. I just—he looks lost out there. I mean, he really does. I mean, he's I definitely lost it. out there. And I don't blame any of these rule changes. When runners get on base, they don't hit. And I'll let you go. See you later, Mike. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. I've recovered a little bit uh, with regards to what happened over the weekend. Have you? I think I have. Um, it, it took a while and it took a lot. I was still just, just this more, even this morning, waking up this morning, I got up at 10 to five this morning, just beside myself still with what, what happened that game Saturday night. Um, Austin and I have talked about that extensively, uh, along with Sam Smith's, we, we believe that they lost Sunday's game in that same swing of the bat with Hayward. We, we do. All three of us are in agreement with that. And I think a lot of Brewers fans uh, are in agreement with that as well. But that's, that's, that's past history now. And we have to look forward. We just do. I mean, it's a crazy season. Crazy things are happening. I mean, it's just you, you've got 14 games left. You're a, you're a game or two out of a playoff spot. I don't judge the team in terms of playing on the field anymore. I judge the t- team in terms of winning and getting in the playoffs. That's all. That's all I can do. It's just a healthier. It's a, mentally, it's a healthier thing to do for me as a Brewers fan. It is. You have to look at it that way, and it's so challenging not to look at the style of play. Normally, you look at the style of play, play good baseball, and you win baseball games. 
it just has thrown me for such a loop that I have to retrain to say, no, that's just not the case this year. Crazy. Just call it what it is. It's a crazy season in baseball. And it's a crazy season for this offense. Runners left on base. You just mentioned it there, Mike. It's, it's as if it doesn't surprise you when there's second and third, nobody out and you don't score. It doesn't surprise you when, when uh, there's first and third and nobody out and you scrape across run one, one run and then you get two more hits and then there's nothing. It doesn't surprise me anymore. It is, I'm this close to saying I'd rather have Jed Jerko at the plate instead of Christian Yelich. This close to saying that. Aren't you? I mean, it was five consecutive at-bats in a doubleheader today at one point for Christian Yelich, all five of them strikeouts. Now, one of them he got jobbed on, for sure. I don't know what this home plate umpire was was doing, but he really wasn't paying too much attention. The strikeout to Sogard late in the ballgame in game two. Just awful calls. I mean, I don't know how you make those calls and really expect to be uh, uh, looked at as credible and professional. I don't know. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. We're going to hear from Craig Council. It's not such a horrible thing that they split this doubleheader. They're in it. They're staying in it. That's the thing. For as bad as all of this is, and I, and I hate to beat that dead horse, but this 60-game this sprint is down to 14 now, and you're still in it. I wanted 10. Someone asked me about a month ago. Where do you want this? Where, where, where do you really think that you know now it's go time? Where do you want them to be? When is it really the, the, the key moment? And that's 10 games left. Well, they're four away from that. And so far, so good. They're right in this thing. I, would I have liked them to get on a five-game winning streak, put themselves in a much better situation? Of course. But the, the reality is, within four games, there's your 10-game mark, and it looks like they're going to be in this thing at that 10-game mark. We'll see. Uh, it's a single game tomorrow. We're going to hear from uh, counts coming up. If you've got uh, anything to add to this doubleheader split, be happy to uh, include you in this conversation. Late night of baseball, doubleheaders are seven innings, but the first one went eight, the second one went nine. They split. We'll be back. Baby Shade and Blind Post Game Show on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind Post Game Show. It's time to dive into the box score for today's game on The Fan. Brought to you by the Laborers International Union Local 113. Feel the power on the web at liuna113.org. All right, welcome back. Brewers kissed their sister today. It's a uh, doubleheader split, but it's not a horrible thing. They didn't get swept, and I hate to use that loser mentality. Um, and I'm not sure it is, uh, honestly, because you're, you're, you're treading water here. To get to, we, we call this 60 game a sprint. No, 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 no. We don't know what a sprint is. Just wait. Just wait until there's, you know, 8, 10, 7, 11 games left. Right now, it's at the 16 game mark left. And you could say that that's even more of a sprint now. They get a little more important here, obviously, as you move along. But what you've done in as bad as you've played in terms of the style of play, in terms of watching your favorite team here, the Milwaukee Brewers, you haven't ended your season yet. And that's that, to me, is somewhat surprising <laughs> because uh, when you look at the names on the back of the jerseys, and I love them all, don't get me wrong, I root for them all, Um. But the names on the backs of the jerseys, it's funny how, you know, you, you hear Euchre and you hear LePay and, and uh, Brian Anderson and, and all the guys uh, on the broadcast, Lane Grindle and all these guys. You hear them preview who's up, who's coming up for the crew. And when you hear something like Gamel, Narvaez, and Peterson, <laughs> or... You know, nothing against Urias. I, I really like him, but, you know, Urias, 
Nottingham, <laughs> and Peterson. And again, on the surface, you, I'm going to root for him. But compare that, uh, that those three to like last year. It would be uh, you know Jeff Levering or whatever saying, and and uh, Brewers will be right back on the Brewers Radio Network. Um, coming up in the bottom half is going to be Ryan Braun, Yasmani Grandal, and Mike Mustakis. And how times have changed in the span of a year. Wow. But the thing is, as bad as it looks, and and in 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 large degree is. When you compare it to last year, when you compare it to just good baseball, it looks bad. It does. But they're, they haven't shot themselves in the foot yet. They haven't, they haven't done that yet. Now, circumstances, the environment, the landscape has dictated that to a large degree. It's saving them. That's for sure, and I'll admit that. But who cares? It doesn't matter. What, what, is, what is is in front of them. And that's the way you have to look at it. That's the way I'm looking at it, too. But it, it, it can be challenging. It's really tough. All right, we'll take a look at the numbers. Going inside the box with Laborers International Union Local 113. We're only going to do game one because that was the win. Avisail Garcia, one for three with a run score and a walk. Christian Yelich goes one for four with three strikeouts. Ryan Braun, one for four, one RBI. Jed Jerko goes one for two with a walk. Uh, Jace Peterson had a plate appearance and drew a walk as well. Uh, Keston Hira goes one for two with a walk and one big RBI, the game winner. Arcia goes uh, 0 for two with a walk. Luis Urias 0 for three. Narvaez 0 for three. Tyrone Taylor 0 for three with a run scored. Pitching lines in game one, Lindblom, five innings, three hits, no runs, no walks. Six strikeouts, outstanding performance from Josh Lindblom. I was super nervous for Josh out there in game one. I mean, you're looking at a guy that it has not worked out the way he wanted it to thus far this season. And uh, his starts uh, prior to this start had an ERA of way above six. But he really buckled in. That, that was a great performance from Lindblom today. Uh, after that, Devin Williams, one inning, one hit, no runs, a walk, and a couple of strikeouts. Josh Hader, good bounce back. One inning, no runs, no hits, <coughs> no walks, and a couple of strikeouts. Did hit a man, Freddie Peralta. One inning, one hit, one run, no walks, and a strikeout. Brewers get two runs on just four hits, no errors. Cardinals, one run on five hits, no errors. The win Goes to Freddie Peralta. He is now two and one. The lost uh, Halsey. He's now one and one. Twenty-one and twenty-four at that point. They fall in the nightcap uh, by the score of three to two in nine innings. And uh, <coughs> really not going over those numbers because that's a loss. Uh, coming up, we're going to hear from Craig Council, Keston here, Corbin Burns. A lot of traffic on the base pass for Corbin Burns in Game Two. But minimizing damage, four and two-thirds, just one run allowed on five hits. Again, there was some traffic. But I will say, it's not all his fault. That was a horrible display of umpiring behind the plate tonight for Corbin. It, it, was, it was pretty bad. And I think everybody who watched the game, uh, you, you're well aware of that, that it was, uh, it, it, it was just, I don't know what was going on there. Uh, and that was... You know, normally I'd say on both sides of the diamond. Wasn't really the case. Burns got squeezed, way squeezed more than uh, Ponce de Leon. I mean, way more. When the Brewers were uh, batting, strike zone seemed to be a little bit bigger. That's just the reality of, of this second game. Is that the reason they lost? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And you hate to come up with excuses because the Brewers had opportunity after opportunity. But uh, that may be, it definitely contributed to the loss. There's no question in my mind. Manny Gonzalez, a horrible, horrible time behind the plate tonight. That's for sure. Let's squeeze in Mike. Not a horrible day today, though. You're you're treading water through another day. Remember, we go day by day here. And then reset, recheck the situation. Mike, you're on the fan. Yeah, it was a, a bummer. Um, I got a, one question, and I, I don't know. I'm not sharp enough to go 
picking on things, but the way Braun has been coming through in the clutch, when I when I heard he was out of the lineup, that was a big disappointment to me. Uh, do you agree with me on that? What out of the lineup? You mean taken no, out? He, he was taken out of the game. Yeah. Well, they had they were three outs from a victory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you're playing. You're you're. You're playing to win the game right there with with uh, the removal of Bronny. Mike, thanks for the call. Hey, um, really, there's a ball hit to, hit to Bronny. Um, it's a couple of things. One is if he is still hurt, and I'm going to assume that he's always hurt, so you got a baby cake on him. And I don't mean that in a really bad customer service kind of way. I just mean that's the way it is. And I'd, I'll smile when I say that when you baby cake on Braun, but that's what you're going to have to do. Um, you limit the risk that you would lose him. Dude has clutch in him. I mean, you saw him today. You saw him over the weekend. I mean, you see the you you see the competitive nature of Ryan Braun right now. You're seeing it in in him. Uh, not only visually with facial expressions and fist pumps, and you saw him, uh, you know, in game one. He thought he won that game right there. He did, and he was uh, didn't. I don't know if he was not happy that it, the run didn't score just because the run didn't score, or he was unhappy with Ed Cedar for holding Garcia there. But you're seeing that. You don't want to lose that. They're three outs away from a victory. I didn't have a major problem taking Brawny out right there, and so get used to that. You know, maybe someone's going to come up with a defensive gem, and you're going to say, "Well, how, how come he was?" Whoa, whoa, where's Braun? But wow, what a what a great catch. That could have happened today. But you're three outs away from a victory. You you don't plan on the game being tied and going into extra frames. That's, that's not what you plan on. You go for the win right there. All right, we'll take a break. Come back here from Craig Council. And uh, the are you kidding me moment of this game uh, brought to you by Gene Wagner Plumbing, a company you can trust, uh, commercial, residential, An industrial needs Gene Wagner Plumbing, a company you can trust, GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. It's it's going to be the umpiring in game two. Are you kidding me? Again, I've said it for 10 years on this show. When there is a horrible display of umpiring, that video goes to the league office. And I do it on the sly. I don't don't announce to anyone that I'm doing it. Hey, by the way, Kamish... Here's what you got going here behind the dish at Miller Park tonight. Just saying. Are you kidding me with Gene Wagner plumbing? All right, we'll take a break. Craig Council is next. Baby Shade and Blind postgame show. Brewers split this doubleheader today against the Cardinals and wind up right where they started. Two games trailing St. Louis. We'll be back on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game. On the fan. Tend to focus on the positives most times, uh, but when something comes up, like uh, an offense that really struggles at times to get the hit at the right time, those timely hits, you saw what the Cardinals did mid and late games in the doubleheader today. Well, that's tough, and and it's been like that all season long, and it's, it's just very challenging to to watch that stuff and, and to, to hear you know, Levering and Euchre, and yeah, the Brewers strand a pair again. We'll go to the ninth, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Speaking of which, um, welcome back, Bayview Shade and Blind post game show. Tim Allen uh, talking about a Brewers split in this doubleheader today. I wanted to make mention um, of Bob Euchre, and uh, I, you know, I'm paid to give my opinion about Brewers baseball, and and I have to be I have to be completely honest with you. I love hearing Bob Euchre. I, I absolutely love hearing him, and you guys know that. It's it's just a thing in Wisconsin. It's a thing in in terms of Brewers baseball. We all only know Bob Euchre. I guess it was a year or two uh, in there early on. You know, some 48 years ago that. We didn't have you uh, calling the game, but for the most part, it's been euchre for everybody, no matter what your age is. And that's the that's the just crazy part of that is that you know Austin, uh, you're how old? Twenty five. Okay, that's all. That's all you know is euchre on the radio, right? Yeah, I've never heard. Well, I mean, obviously, aside from people filling in with him, but yeah, euchre has been the main voice that I've known my entire life. 
you know, and he, and he's had some really fantastic counterparts with him in the booth, and Pat Hughes and Jim Powell and Corey Provis and Joe Block, and they've they've all gone on to, you know, really cool gigs, and um, you know, now Jeff Levering and and Lane Grindle and and Grindle, I will say this is is probably, uh, and I listened to a fair share of of baseball play by play. Grindle is probably one of the most improved broadcasters in terms of baseball that I've heard in a long time, in in a, in a few years. And and Levering is just golden. I, and Levering's got that got a bright future ahead of him, and I think his his voice carries very well on TV as well. Um, but the thing with Uke, and here's uh, now the here we do, the shoe's going to drop here. At some point, we're going to be without Bob Uecker. To extend the lifespan of Bob Euchre on Brewers Radio, obviously it's up to him when he wants to hang it up. If he feels that he's, uh, he has said this, that if he, if he can still do it, he's going to do it. I think in the future, and I'm not obviously making these decisions, but in the future, if, if Jeff Levering was the play-by-play and Euchre were the color, I think it'd be a fantastic broadcast. Super cool broadcast because when Levering is doing the play-by-play, the chemistry is just just on par. Euchre can see good enough easily to uh, know when the pitcher is going to pitch a pitch, take the pause, Levering makes the call, Euchre goes on with his funny story. It's it's just awesome broadcasting, it is. And I just want to have just made mention, I had this in my notes to get to this at some point. Um I just want to hear Bob Euchre for as many more years as we can. And that would be my idea, just saying. Maybe one of these shows here, uh, we'll get into a Bob Euchre and, and Brewers broadcasting uh, conversation. But to, uh, you know, just extend the lifespan on the radio of Bob Euchre, that'd be awesome. I mean, I we're getting closer to the end, I think. And you guys know what I mean? That listen to uh, the Brewers broadcast just made made sure I made mention of all those things. Cannot wait to see uh, how they do that moving forward here. 14 games left here in the 2020 championship season. Yeah, I'm going to still say it. Um, spark of the game with Current Electric. Uh, call current.com for your electrician superhero. We'll go back to game one and the uh, game-winning hit by Keston Hira. Game-winning sack fly, I guess you could say. A walk-off victory for the crew. Sparked up a Brewers win. Kept him in this thing. Gave him a little wiggle room to maybe drop this second game, which they did, 3-2-9, and 2-1-8 and eight in the opener. But uh, they're in this thing, 14 to play. Let's see uh, what manager Craig Council has to say about the doubleheader split. Craig, when you use Devin and Josh in the first game um, and go in, is, is the idea going into the second game that you're going to try to close it out with Yardley, or is that a case of just the way it developed? Um, yeah, I wasn't going to – Devin and Josh were unavailable for game for game two. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the it, it got the way we wanted it, really. I mean, we got Corbin – you know, battled through the second game. I thought, I mean, he, he did a nice job. Um, you know, Alex Claudio got some big outs, did a really nice job. We handed the ball to, to Eric with four outs to go. Um, I, I was happy that we got to that point, really. That's, that's kind of how we wanted it to go. And, um, you know, they, they Goldschmidt put a great at bat on Yardley. That, that was kind of the inning to me is he just, he had a heck of an at bat against them. Craig, that was uh, quite a performance by Rasmussen uh, in two different innings, really, to keep the game alive and keep it going. It, you know, maybe this will be a benchmark game for him, huh? Yeah, I think um, as Drew has gone out there, kind of each and every time, there's been just some some positive signs and going in the right direction, and he's gaining confidence. And he was he was brilliant tonight. He was. Um, you know, I mean, the, the jam he got us out of in the seventh, keeping the game tied. And then, you know, when you, when you start those innings with a man on second, not letting a run up, um, it's a heck of a job. So he, yeah, he gave us two more shots to hit. In those two extra innings, Craig, with a guy on second and no outs, both times your next guy got on. So you had two on and no outs, couldn't score a run. That must've been very frustrating. And, 
you know, strikeouts again a huge part of not being able to score more runs in that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it hits is the reason we're not scoring. We're not getting hits. You know, we got to get a hit first and second um, or whatever guys on base. We got to get hits. I, mean, I don't know how many hits first game, but four hits in the second game. So we're just, you know, not enough hits. Um, you know, we took some walks and, you know, you got we had that bases loaded in the, in the eighth, I think it was. Um, but we just, you know, lots of at bats with a chance to get a hit, just couldn't get one. Craig, in the first game, um, how, how encouraged by, were you by Lindblom coming back in and pitching as well as he did? For yeah, uh, you know, it was clearly Josh's best start. Um, and, you know, the big difference to me was he was, I think he, I'm not sure the number, I think it was like 13 or 17 hitters he was ahead of. Um, he just got ahead of everybody. And, and I thought that just, so, so his, you know, where he was starting counts out and hitters out with, you know, he's always starting in an advantage count and he was just on the attack more. Um, and I thought, um, you know, that led to some good, led to good results. Um, so he pitched wonderful. He, he did, um, you know, exactly what we asked. Um, you know, we turned the ball over to our, our guys and, um, you know, we were able to keep runs off the board, but, uh, I, you know, the, the both extra inning, the extra inning game in the first game obviously cost us some, you know, using some guys. Um, and so that, that, you know, that affects the second game. Craig, just with how the whole day went, how does that set up your bullpen for tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a day where the guys, you know, that didn't pitch today are going to pitch tomorrow. Um, you know, we're definitely going to lose some guys and, and we'll see how some guys are feeling tomorrow. Um, we'll probably just have to regroup tomorrow kind of before game time and figure out who's available. Craig, uh, Christian struck out three times in both games and he's now struck out three times in four of his last five games. Has, has he just gotten so frustrated he's gotten totally out of his game now? Yeah, I mean, Christian's struggling. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, there's not much else to say about it. He's struggling. Um, but, but I know that, you know, nothing, I, I don't, we need him, you know? And so, um, we need him to, to get out of it. We need him to, to help produce runs. Um, and so we got to figure out, uh, the best way to, to, to get him in a better position for sure. That was a hard-fought doubleheader, wasn't it, to end up with a split, kind of put you right back where you were started. But, was, I mean, those games were both dogfights. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, they were both very well pitched, um, you know, from, from their end as well. They very well pitched. Um, I, thought, I thought we pitched exceptionally well, too. Um, but, yeah, two, two extra inning games, and it um, – you know, we, we had a shot, you know, we had a good shot at a sweep, um, because, our, because we pitched really, really well. Um, you know, like I said, that I thought Goldschmidt just, I thought he followed off some tough pitches that, that lead off that lead off at bat against, uh, Yardley. Um, he did a really nice job, but, um, we pitched well, you know, in the end, we just, we couldn't put runs on the board. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Let's find out who today's Chevy MVB of the game is on the fan. Find what's next. Check out the new 2020 Chevy Silverado at your local Chevy dealer or at WisconsinDriveChevy.com. You know, I got to go back to uh, game one, and that's Josh Lindblom. You just heard Craig Council talking about him, and uh, he was he was on the attack a little bit more. He was getting ahead of hitters. And uh, that's a big bounce-back performance. There's your Chevy MVB. It is Josh Lindblom, Game 1 starter tonight, in which the uh, Brewers did get a 2-1 to victory. It went into extras, as, uh, as did the second one, but uh, uh, hard-fought couple of games here, and the Brewers end up splitting the doubleheader. We're going to hear from uh, Corbin Burns. Deserved a better fate in terms of his line, but again, 
I mean, this dude's on a roll. Four and two-thirds, a one-run ball, and uh, just just outstanding. What Outstanding season continues for Corbin Burns. We're going to hear from Burns uh, on the way in just a little bit as well. If you want to jump in here, I'll make room for you. 414-799-1250. 14 games remain here in the 2020 season. And they're still in it, and, and we, we, it's a crushing blow when, when they lose because all these games are big. Something to keep in mind, too, when you sort of gauge how these players are doing. Say, for example, Keston Hira, 11 homers, some 24, 25 RBIs. Uh, you're at the point now where you can say, well, how did he do this season uh, to times three kind of mode? Pro-rated out to times three, and power numbers look good for Keston Hira. However, you take a take a listen to Craig Council at the end of that session right there. And so we got to hit better. Christian's got to come up, and he's got to do better. Uh, we need some hits. That's why we didn't score runs. This reverts back to this, I guess, change in philosophy, a, a, a change in the air, if you will, in baseball in the last 10 years, and that is you're, you're looking at other numbers and you're sort of ignoring a batting average. And, and the sabermetrics uh, would tell you that an OPS is a better stat or runs created or whatever it might be, a war stat. Uh, on base is way more important. Nah, you know what? We're starting to hear more and more conversation about a batting average, aren't we? To get a batting average, you have to have hits. To get hits, you got to have hitters. And I'm still a little bit in the old school camp. I really enjoy on-base percentage. I do, don't get me wrong, because that keeps the line moving. But if you're going to hit 215 for me, I don't have a place for you on my team if I'm GM. I'm sorry, you're you're going to need to hit 250 or higher or I I'm just I I just can't do it. I just can't do home run or strikeout. I can't do that because that's the most inconsistent. How many home runs are you going to hit in a season? You know, even the best guys. 40s? Only so is that on average once every four games? I need hits. Even if it's 262, I got to have some hits here. And we're seeing that throughout baseball. Don't get me wrong. We are seeing that throughout baseball, but certainly here with the Brewers, and that's our main focus. You got to get some hits. I mean, it's – and it's – I'm going to have this conversation with Bart Winkler tomorrow morning, so tune in. Uh, I believe he's got me slated 8.30. Uh, but that's on the agenda. It's just just getting hits. You see the other teams get get the ball in play and, and end up with a few more hits just simply based on that. This whole acceptance of strikeouts, I'm never going to deal with that with baseball. I'm not. I'm, that's the one I'm drawing the line there. Strikeouts are no good. They're nasty. They're bad. They're the most unproductive thing you could do outside of uh, not playing. And boy, Christian Yellich has been striking out a lot. You keep saying he's going to get hot, but there's only 14 games left. <laughs> I mean, when he's and, and granted there's some bad luck involved too with Christian, which is snowballing this thing to uh, Keston here, get to Corbin Burns after the break here. Uh, as the Brewers split a doubleheader with the St. Louis Cardinals, record now 21-25, back to four games back, Does that, or four games under. Does that really matter in, in the uh, grand scheme of things right now? You're a game or two out of a playoff spot. That's the thing that matters right now. It really does. Pandemic baseball. That's that's what's going on here. Shutdown, post-shutdown baseball. That's what's happening. Brewers fall in game two of the doubleheader, 3-2-9. and nine. They win the, the opener 2-1 to one in eight. Both of them go extras, and I'm starting to not like this extra rule. I'm starting to not like the D8. I'm starting to not like the new pitching rules. Uh, those changes are just starting to settle in for me. So, Bayview Shade and Blind post game show after this and every ball game, AM 1250, 105.7 FM, The Fan.
It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time to go inside the clubhouse to hear what the players are saying after today's game on The Fan. It's brought to you by Windows Select. Right now, buy one and get one free. Plus, no payments until 2021. Call Windows Select today at 262-703-3500. And here are Corbin Burns' comments after the game today. Corbin, just what's your big picture assessment of that one? Um, the pitch count looked like gotcha. Is that is that them doing a good job of getting deep into at bats or uh, something else? Um, yeah, you know, t- t- today was definitely a fight. Um, you know, they they worked me in a lot of deep counts, um, which obviously didn't help. And then um, I spent a, a majority of the day pitching from behind the count. Um, you know, that makes it tough to keep the pitch count down and, and, um, you know, get out of some quick innings, but, um, you know, overall I was, I was happy with how I was able to, to, to minimize some damage, but, um, you definitely, definitely need to do a better job there of, you know, getting into the sixth or seventh, especially on a double header day. Corbin, the other side of that though, is that you were able to rack up so many strikeouts. Um, is that part of, I mean, obviously limiting the damage for you, even despite falling behind? Yeah, um, you know, definitely, definitely went to, you know, went, went into strikeout mode with some of those, uh, some of those innings where, you know, getting runners at first and second, nobody out and, um, you know, having to make some big pitch to get out of it. Um, so I was able to, to, to definitely get the strikeouts when I needed, but, um, you know, that, that definitely led to some, uh, some higher pitch counts. Corbin, what do you think is the, just the swing of being three outs away from a sweep and really gaining ground on them? versus being back to where you started. Um, just how do you sort of look at the day now that it's done? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a tough one to swallow. Um, you know, we, you, you had a pretty, we had a pretty good feeling that we we're gonna be able to take both those games today. Um, you know, to come up a little short there in the second one definitely is tough, but um, it's one of those things that you, we gotta get over real quick. We still got three games here in two days and then we got five more against them at, at their place. So it's one of those things that you, you can't really dwell on it. Um, you know, it's, it's in the past now, so you've got to come out, um, come out tomorrow ready to play. Corbin, how unusual is this circumstance? I mean, you typically wouldn't play a team like this, especially the team in front of you 10 times, um, the majority of your remaining schedule. I mean, it's, I'm sure this is going to feel like a roller coaster kind of day to day, um, the rest of the way. I mean, how, how do you kind of manage that emotionally? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to know these guys real well, and it's gonna go in you know one of two ways. Um, you know, we're gonna go out there and, and, and take care of business, and um, you know, go out and play some good baseball the rest of the way. Um, and if not, then you know, we're gonna come up on the short end of it. But um, you know, I think we're in a good position. Um, you know, just just the way we we've played the, the last couple of days. Um, you know, obviously it was it was tough. You know, getting no hit yesterday, but um, you know, to come back today and get that first one and be right in the second one. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to give it all we can to, to, to push here down the stretch. Keston, you guys are so close to three outs from a doubleheader sweep. Just what is the swing emotionally uh, in terms of, you know, thinking about sweeping today versus splitting and sort of being where you were when you started? Yeah, I mean, um, I think overall, you know, it was still a good game. Um, you know, Burns, you know, pitched tremendous tonight. Um, you know, Bullpen came in, did their job, and, you know, shut it down as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot of goods to take away from uh, that second game. Obviously, it's hard to beat a team two times in a row um, you know, on separate days, so let alone on the same day, um, you know, especially given you know, the seven innings where you, know, you have to get ahead early and um, definitely, you know, be strategic about it. So, um, you know, it's good to get the first win um, close on the second one, but, you know, we still got plenty more baseball with, uh, you know, against Cardinals that uh, they're going to mean a lot more. Keston, you were able to get it done with the contact, the sack fly um, in game one, but but game two, you guys had opportunities and just came up with strikeouts every time with runners in scoring position. Um, is that just like a tough outcome in those? Is it approach? I mean, you know, how, how much did that hurt you guys tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were able to get runners on base. Um, you know, obviously, in those situations, you want to at least try to put the ball in play and um, I think it's just one of those days where you know, it just didn't happen, um, you know, especially down towards the stretch. You know, those are key at bats, and um, I, you know, including myself, and I, I need to put, be able to put those balls in play and make make a play, make them get me out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, fortunate enough to get to get a barrel on that first game, uh, which felt good. 
Um, no, but when you have a pitcher like you know Ponce de Leon, your uh, fastball guy, uh, good velo and good spin to to his ball, you know, he gets a lot of strikeouts because of it. So um, yeah, just got to bounce back tomorrow. Um, you know, we, we got a good match tomorrow against Flaherty, and um, definitely got to grind that one out. Justin, do you, do you feel that was an opportunity lost to have a chance to sweep that doubleheader, though? Because splitting doesn't help. You're not going to make up any ground that way. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to win as many games you can, especially against a division rival. You know, they're in the contention for playoffs, the same spot as us. Um, and especially, you know, we'll be able to play them, you know, a bunch of times. Every every win against them, you know, counts, um, especially this late in the season. So uh, it, it's always going to matter. It's always tough to swallow. Um, when you know you're close to you know sweeping both of those those games, but um, you just gotta you know turn the page and you know look forward tomorrow and uh, focus on that. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.